So you're in the teaching profession. Yes. Yes. Great and school Mitch! or high school? Come on! You have to put the A in front of it or it doesn't happen. I know. It's yeah. really annoying. You can't just type streetcar name desire. Well, I typed everything as streetcar name desire and then had to go back and retype uh, it all. Streetcar. Because it's, ah, streetcar. It's very specific that there is only one, one streetcar, streetcar named desire. desire. It's not like a fleet no. called desire. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Everyone. Look at that. Intellectual conversations Duh. at the start. What did we just the- <laughs> What were we just talking about? <laughs> Let it go. Don't make me start singing it. I'm not going to. Thank I'm you. singing it in my head. Okay. But I'm not going to sing it out loud. Well, hey, everybody. And welcome to two regular, ordinary people who are not film experts. Oh, sure, you can do it. <laughs> I get yelled at when I do it. <laughs> Review a movie. Sorry. Sorry, We did folks. something stupid and yes. read the comments. Sorry. You never read the iTunes Mm-mm. comments. Anyway, moving on. We're not dwelling on it. Well, happy Easter, everybody. That would be tomorrow happy for those of you who celebrate it. And those of you happy... who don't, happy day to eat ham. Yeah. Or just happy Sunday. And lots Sunday. of candy. Yeah. I, happy Sunday. I am not here right now. No, just in Ooh, California. I'm in California. I'm finishing up a really major project that I have to turn in on Tuesday. I'm sitting on the beach. You know why? And I'm giving you the finger. Aha. I'm and not, I, I'm actually not right I know, now. I just I'm, said that. I'm actually very surprised because normally, yeah, normally well, you would have. Well, I had an have. okay day. So that means no... Finger giving. No. The, that just sounded awkward. Okay, yeah, continue, please. Please continue. <laughs> oh, hell's bells. Lindsay, what did we... Wh- hello, Lindsay. I didn't hello, actually Jeffrey. say hello. I forgot to say hello. We went right into the tangent. Welcome about- also to uh, the second episode of the last season... First part of the last season of Mad Men is on tomorrow. Oh, really? But in the time period in which we are recording this, I still need to finish the previous season. <laughs> and catch up on Game of Thrones. Oh, God. So at this point for when it's being released, Lindsay has gone crazy because she's watched an entire season of Mad Men. It's not that many episodes. Ah, oh, well. It's fine. So what movie did we watch this week, Lindsay? We watched A Streetcar Named Desire. A Streetcar Named Desire. A A Streetcar, streetcar Named Desire. Not Canadian Streetcar Named Desire. The letter, physical uh, letter A. A Streetcar, a streetcar Named streetcar. Desire. Yep. <laughs> From 1951. Two hours and two minutes long. Actually rated PG. Because I have a feeling when they re-released it, they rated it. Because the ratings weren't in existence when they did this. Um, It's a drama. There's no other uh, categorization. (laughs) It just says drama. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the epitome of a drama. Um, It's an 8.1 out of 10. No meta score. Roger Ebert gave it a four star uh, rating. Yeah. Sorry, I... I... (laughs) I hiccuped in mid-phrase, but oh, I good. did it quietly to myself, <laughs> and then I just, I lost my train of thought. It was, yeah, all right, audio. Okay, good. I'm not going to cut it out. I'm leaving the silence in, so learn Fair to enough. enjoy the silence, kiddos. So, the plot is... Yes. To summary, disturbed Blanche Dubois moves in with her sister in New Orleans and is tormented by her brutish brother-in-law while her reality crumbles around her. If anybody's seen the Simpsons episode... <laughs> This is two, This is twice in the last couple episodes. It we've is. Talked that's about true. This. Uh, <laughs> no, the last two episodes. Yes. The Simpsons also made a spoof of this movie. Simpsons did it. Early season. Uh, early season Simpsons. Uh, it's a streetcar named Marge, where they do a musical version of a streetcar named Desire. That's I where remember that. Ned is all buff, which I realize Ned. Oh, would... yeah. 
and like if you look at the show like later years you realize ned would have never done a, a play like that i don't know it's out of his character but and that's not the point but that summary is a fairly good representation of the plot of the film what you just gave not the simpsons episode because that's completely different we you're still singing darren Hayes. yeah i am because we were we listening can, to it we should not play savage garden no. we should not actually listen to music but i do it every time i know i'll probably listen to it after I have a problem too. Lindsay. Jeffrey. What is your general thoughts on the movie? What is the Lindsay thought on the movie? Shank thought. Lindsay thought. Whatever we're calling it. I don't know what we're calling it. You know, I initially said that she wasn't Liz Taylor in Virginia Wolf crazy. She is almost as bad, if not worse. I feel I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is the evolution to her becoming to to Liz Taylor's character in yeah. uh in uh Who's afraid of Who's Virginia afraid? Wolf? Yeah, wow, I spaced on that. Another great film. Mm-hmm. Okay, quick thoughts about the movie. Would you recommend watching this movie to yeah. somebody else? Yes. Yeah, or seeing the stage play, because apparently they're fairly similar from what I read. I would love to see the play. I have. I saw this movie in high school. But I completely forgot how it ended. I did not remember the last like 20 minutes of the movie whatsoever. Mm. So it was kind of a nice surprise for me to see what happened, but you kind of... You can kind of see it coming, I guess, but at the same point... Well, you kept thinking something bad was going to happen to the baby. I saw... She's like, I have to go to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, great. Well, and she doesn't look pregnant at all. No. So I'm just like, uh-oh. I'm like, oh, something bad happened. Oh, and then, no. oh, And then no, when he oh, came no. back and he's, you know, he's all like, yeah, the doctor told me, you know, the baby's not due till tomorrow and just go home and, and have a night's nice. I'm sitting there going, oh, God, is he drunk and in denial that, like... Did something happen to the baby? Did something happen to his wife? And is he just, is he just, no, he's, he, he, did he go Blanche? Did he go Looney Tunes Bananas? Yeah. Like, that's what I thought happened. And I, uh, Looney Tunes Bananas. Looney Tunes Bananas? Yes. Great. Now Warner Brothers is going to sue us because it's probably some piece of food that they are selling. Probably should put that over there. I was putting mine on silent. Yeah, mine wasn't either. And it's updating me on the baseball game, so. Well, uh. Oh, Elia Kazad. Number one. One. Ilya Kazan directed this, and it was written by Tennessee Williams. The play was, and I think he had pretty much control over the movie as well. So say, did they? They probably let him. Uh, mm-hmm. They do. There is what Oscar Saul was the ad- adaptation. Sure. But whatever. I liked the movie. I did too. I thought it was a good movie. I'm glad it it's was on the engaging. List. Yeah, it kept you interested and kind of kept you intriguing. Considering the entire movie takes place in a single. Pretty much in the yeah. house. Because, again... Again, this is very similar to Virginia Woolf. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between these two. And Virginia Woolf was a play, too, wasn't that yes, what we it figured was. out? So you notice, like, they kept that. They they mm-hmm. very rarely left the house. Right. And it does. It feels flat out like I a have play. a trivia fact about it, too, about actually. The, uh, it's about... also kind of similar to Virginia Woolf. Is it? Yeah. It's that same kind of era. I'm checking the dates on that while you do your awards. So let me move on to the awards section, kiddos. So this film, this film had uh, a 27 total award nominations between everything. It had 12 Oscar nominations. Uh, The awards that the film was nominated for but did not win when it comes to the Oscars was Best Sound Recording, Best Music Score of a Dramatic or Comedy Picture, Best Costume Design, Best Cinematography, both those two were for black and white films, because again, it was that era. Yep. Uh, Best Writing slash Screenplay, Best Actor for Marlon Brando, Best Director for, how did you pronounce the name? Ilya Kazan. Thank you. And then uh, Best Motion motion Picture. Those were the ones it was nominated for but did not win. Also, real quick. Yes. This came first in 1951. 
Virginia Woolf was 1966. Wow, that was that long. That's big that was difference. the movies, though. Let me check the plays. Which is so weird because they both feel like they could have been from the same year. Like, yeah. visually-wise. They're both black and white films, which I... Can... That was a really stupid thing for me to say. They're both very... The, the play's from 62, so the play did come after Streetcar Named Desire. So Interesting. Interesting. Fun um, fact. Fun fact. Look at that. Fun fact right away. We're trying to get you the fun yeah. stuff right off the bat. Apparently we're Doctor yeah. Who. All right. And so, then the awards that the film was nominated for and won. This is exciting. Uh, best art direction, set direction for a black and white film. Best supporting actress for Kim Hunter, who I believe played Stella. Hey, Stella! Ah! Uh, best supporting actor for Carl Maiden, who played Mitch Malden. Malden, sorry, Malden. I, I you saw know that too. I know that name too, and I saw the L. Why is Phoebe holding Carl Malden? <laughs> and then uh, best actress for Vivian Leigh. Uh, so she won. So it won. It won three acting awards. Three of the four acting awards. It uh, it lost the best actor award uh, to Humphrey Bogart for her. The African Queen. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That movie is not so good. Um, it actually, a lot of the awards that it went up against uh, lost to an American in Paris or a place in the sun. Those were generally the okay. two awards that it lost, the two films it lost to. An American in Paris is what it lost to for best motion picture that year. Okay. Um, oddly enough, apparently like Vivian Leigh and Lee, Vivian Lee, Lee. sorry. It's okay. She looks better as a brunette. Um, yeah, she does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's just not... Nothing against blondes whatsoever, but she's a lot better looking as a brunette. If you want to compare, watch this movie, then go watch Gone with the Wind with us when it comes yeah. like 40 more movies from now. So, But uh, yeah, no, Vivian Lee and Kim Hunter and I think Carl, uh, uh, Carl Malden, I don't think any of them were there to accept their awards oh, really? for some reason. Like they were all off. I, I could be wrong about Carl Mo- Carl Molden, but I do know that Kim Hunter and Vivian Lee were not there. Hmm. But um, and then the film was entered into the National Film Registry in 1999 to be preserved. So the uh, it will it'll always be it'll always be preserved and and fun stuff like that, which actually is good. probably good because you probably get into it for the trivia when they talk about the alternate cuts or like do they talk about stuff that's cut yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a so, little bit uh no technology for this film because it's a film about a house and a streetcar yeah. probably the streetcar a streetcar street only one <coughs> excuse me that is all i have for oh, this no! section of the podcast okay. it is Lindsay's time we'll do trivia now yes sorry trivia. i said oh no because i opened the app and the thing was gone we're 11 minutes into the podcast i'm done with all my stuff well, not all my stuff. No, you still have stuff. In I things. keep adding we things. We also have so no inflation do. nation. Uh, that's a or lie. Do we? Oh, uh, we have. I wasn't. I didn't we hear. have. We have three. Two oh. that were mentioned on film, and one that was seen on film. Oh, okay. I made well, something. I lied. Well, let me prep for my trivia by taking a drink of my water. Prepping time. So yeah, guys, we do appreciate any of your comments and. No, stuff don't like tell that. them that. I don't want people saying anything to me anymore. Don't talk to me. <laughs> We uh we just we want to make sure everyone's aware that yeah we're not experts when it comes to this we well, started we this going to address this no we're going to address it now uh we're ex- we're not experts when it comes to it we thoroughly enjoy doing this for us this yeah, is for the... us not for I'm sorry we're else, providing so. you with free entertainment yeah taking time out of our busy schedules to do this Paul F Tompkins and Chris Hardwick and Chris Hardwick both pretty much have the exact same theory about whether if you don't like 
a podcast. Shut it off and don't listen to yeah, it. Yeah, and basically fuck you is yeah. basically what Thank it comes you. down to. So, because it's like, sorry, we're doing it for us, so. Yeah. Sorry. And is that it, the end of us addressing it, it now? It, it, it really royally just upset, made me upset because it wasn't Yeah, fair. well. It, yeah. And I was more upset about the one about you. That's the one I was yeah. more upset about. So, anyways. Wave my middle finger in the air to those kids. <laughs> so, anyways, Whatever, folks, sorry to be a downer. I just wanted to talk about it. We, okay. I felt like we needed to. So, anyways. Trivia. Yeah. We're not going to stop, by the way. Fuck you, we're yeah, not going to stop. No. We made it too freaking far for it to stop now. No, whatever. I'm over it. As the film progresses, the set of... Okay. <laughs> You're so pedestrian. <laughs> oh. Someone called me pedestrian. You want annoying voice? I will talk in the squeaky high voice the entire time. <laughs> Sorry. I will talk in the annoying voice. Don't put muddle in the science oven, Rosalind. <laughs> As the film progresses, the set of the Kowalski apartment actually gets smaller to heighten the suggestion of Blanche's increasing claustrophobia. Isn't there something similar to that in Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street? That is not the movie with Elizabeth Taylor in it. Oh, no, it's the lesser known movie where Elizabeth Taylor works her way up the Wall Street, becomes really, really rich, and then goes sorry, crazy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf of Wall Street? Points. I'd like to see that. Uh, movie. Okay. <laughs> but was it? Did they do something along those lines? Did they do that? They did, did they... something with the camera. They kept zooming in on people, oh, or they did a lot more close-ups to I make think you feel more more like, claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah, I think it was they started doing like it's, the camera shot started off a lot more wide, and yeah. as the scene as the movie went along, they started they getting closer, closer and closer. closer. Yep. That was not something I noticed. I did not notice the set getting smaller. I did a little bit. But I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Because they they shot it from so many different angles, I lost track as to how big the house was. But that's subtle. Very interesting. Vivian Lee, who suffers from bipolar disorder in real life, later had difficulties in distinguishing distinguishing (laughs) her real life from that of Blanche Dubois. Oh, that's so much sadder when she's batshit crazy. Yeah. If it helps you remember how to say her last name, it's Blanche the second Dubois. half of my middle name. Vivian Lee. Vivian Lee. Lee. Yeah. The second half of my middle name. The problem is, is it's like... I, L-E-I-G-H is Lee. Uh, I know, but I always say that as Lay. It's Lee. It looks like Lay. It's Lee. Is there another actress that's like that? No. Keep going. Mickey Kun, who played the... Sorry, Mickey Kuhn. It's Kuhn. My bad. Plays the young sailor who helps Vivian Lee into the streetcar at the beginning of the film. He had previously appeared with her in Gone with the Wind as Bo Wilkes, the child of Olivia de Havilland's character Melanie, toward the end of that film when the character was age five. When Mickey Coon mentioned this to someone else on the set of A Streetcar Named Desire, word got back to her and Miss Lee called him into her dressing room for a half-hour chat. In an interview in his 70s, Coon stated that Lee was extremely kind to him and one of the loveliest ladies he had ever met. Okay, real quick quick question. Is it Janet Lee then? Mm-hmm. It's Janet Lee? Mm-hmm. See, I always pronounced her name as Janet Lee. That's Lee. why I pronounced it as Vivian Lee. Yes, yeah, Janet Lee. Where the hell was I for English class? I don't know. When did they teach you how to pronounce E-I-G-H as E? Well, it's part of my name, therefore I know what it is. Cheater. (laughs) Come on. Okay. Vivian Lee had already played Blanche in the first London production of the play under the direction of her then husband Laurence Olivier. He later said that Olivier she later said that Olivier's direction of that production influenced her performance in this film more than Elia Kazan's direction of the film. 
Hmm. It's kind of rude. Yeah. Nine members of the original Broadway cast, Marlon Brando, Kim Hunter, Carl Malden, Rudy Bond, Nick Dennis, Peg Hillis, Richard Garnick, Anne Derry, and Edna Thomas repeated their roles in the film. A highly unusual decision at the time and even today when original casts of plays are often completely replaced for the film versions. However, Vivian Lee, who had played Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind, was selected to play Blanche Dubois over Jessica Tandy to add star power to the picture. Marlon Brando had not yet achieved full stardom in films and he would be billed under Lee in the film's credits. They had the biggest names, but they were... But Brando was still under Vivian Lee. Oh, Marlon Brando in this movie. Oh, Marlon Brando in this movie. He was a fairly attractive oh, younger God. gentleman. I can't wait to watch On the Waterfront, too. And then we watch Godfather. Godfather. No, and then that's all no. thrown. But the sad thing is, though, Godfather, wasn't that 63? Isn't that early 60s? He wasn't. No. Apocalypse Now is where it's bad. He's wearing prosthetics and makeup, I think, yeah. in The Godfather. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got, no, oh, sorry. Godfather 72. I'm yeah. sorry. That's Apocalypse Now, when he plays Kurtz. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much then? Not so much. Not when he gets older and stuff. He's in a Michael Jackson video. Is he? Yeah, like couple, like a year before he died. He was in uh, uh, You Rock My World, and he's all big and very old and it's he was in the score sad. with uh robert de niro and uh edward norton from the late 90s early 2000s i believe he is superman's dad yeah he is <laughs> he's space dad he is space dad he's russell crowe <laughs> it's very true all right back to trivia not ass nine crap we're talking about Oh, wow. <laughs> he didn't age very well. That's no, That's didn't. him, by the way. No, thank you. I'm aware. <laughs> He's the one on the right. The one that's not pasty white and has no nose. <laughs> you mean not Voldemort? <laughs> not Voldemort. That's right. I said Voldemort. Oh, God. Okay. The production code... saying that name wrong. The production code censors demanded 86 script changes from the Broadway staging, while the inference of the Catholic Legion of Decency led to even further cuts, most of them having to do with references to homosexuality and rape. Okay. In his memoirs, Tennessee Williams wrote that he liked the film, but felt it was slightly marred by the Hollywood ending. Yeah. Do you go into some of those changes? Okay, good. Yes, I do. Because I read that up. I was reading some of the stuff online. During Blanche's birthday dinner, she begins telling a joke, which Stanley interrupts. In the play, she finishes the joke, which is told of an old maid who had a parrot with a lot of profanity in its vocabulary. The only way to silence the parrot was to cover its cage with a cloth so it would think it was nighttime and go to sleep. One morning, the pastor comes to visit the woman right after she uncovers his cage, so she had to immediately cover it again. The pastor came inside and heard the parrot say, God damn, that was a short day. <laughs> <laughs> Composer Alex North wrote and recorded the first ever jazz-oriented film score for a dramatic picture, A Streetcar Named Desire. The score served to color the sound of the film's steamy New Orleans setting. It has become a well-deserved landmark in the history of film music and paved the way for numerous movie jazz scores. I was going to say, it's something that, like, I would have just expected yeah. Because it's in New Orleans, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's gonna be jazz music. That's what they're gonna yeah. do. But I yeah. guess, I guess, up till this point in time, they didn't do stuff like that for the films, and it became not the cliche, but it became the norm to yeah. do that. The standard, the standard, standard. Is that the would be nice that'd way be the of saying that. Yeah. Um, although Vivian Lee initially thought Marlon Brando to be affected. 
and he thought her to be impossibly stuffy and prim, both soon became friends and the cast worked together smoothly. Affected is the correct way of saying kind of touched in the head. Bat shit crazy. Not maybe that so much. <laughs> I'm thinking more politically incorrect. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Are we insulting bats now? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> is that a problem? Hold on. Did somebody tell me? Somebody didn't tell me this. Despite uh. giving the definitive portrayal of Stanley Kowalski, Marlon Brando said he privately detested the character arc. However, it should be added that Brando was an eccentric character who loved misleading people and playing pranks. Brando was kind of crazy, too. Yeah, right. he was. Vivian Lee, who was only 36 at the time of filming, had to be made up to look older. And you can kind of tell. Yeah. Doesn't sit quite right. No. Which, I guess, could have been partially the what they were trying to go for. Because then it, you have a young person who they're trying to make look old, but at the same time, her character is trying to make herself look young. So it could be that kind of oddball... Like, there's something off about her. Yeah. Look. Vivian Lee initially felt completely... <sighs> disconnected when she joined the tight New York cast in rehearsals. Because, like we had mentioned before, everyone who's in... Mostly everyone in the movie had been in the show. Yeah. And she was the only, like, transplant Which from I, the show. Right. Or into the movie. Into the movie. The, yeah. Which I guess, though, that would make sense... From an, from an acting point of view? Well, let me finish. Okay, keep telling. Director Elia Kazan was able to exploit her feelings of alienation and disorientation to enrich her performance. Yeah. Because cause everybody, cause she comes into a world that she's never been in before. So yeah. she, and like everybody else, if they had acted together on the show, they would have had that bond. They would have enjoyed themselves. They would have been friends already. So you have them, you have this other person that's like, well, that's not who... You know, she's she's not as buddy-buddy. Yeah. Maybe, like, bringing a third person out of the podcast and just making him sit there and stare at the microphone. Which, surprise, we've been doing for the last six months. <laughs> Tom doesn't say anything. No, he's he a doesn't. dick. That's right. You Tom sit there, Tom. MySpace. Tom from MySpace. He, he, has, not he do, needs a he's, new job. He's not doing anything nowadays. He's sitting there in the corner staring at us with that dumbass smile next to that dry erase board. <laughs> oh, boy. That's where this show goes now, because I don't care fun yeah <laughs> i have never cared i kind of do for a while then i stopped caring as of 2003 it is one of only two films in history to win three academy awards for acting the other is network, network. <laughs> another amazing film network available now on home video let's see I assume it's uh, This is a cute little fact. When the film was previewed in Santa Barbara in 1951, uh, Ilya Kazan's date was a then-obscure starlet named Marilyn Monroe, who he would introduce to Arthur Miller. Oh. <laughs> God, she was hot. <laughs> Sorry, anyways, what? Sorry, Shot I got distracted. on a 36-day schedule. Fast turnaround on time for a movie. Well, not back then, but... Uh, fun fact, the role of Blanche was first offered to Olivia de Havilland, who played Melanie in Gone with the Wind, opposite Vivian Lee. Uh, her wage demands were too excessive. What the hell was she asking for? For I don't money? Know. Stupid actors. Let's see. Some random stuff in here that, like, makes no sense. The play takes place entirely in the Kowalski's apartment and their front square. The movie adds more locations, such as a bus station, a bowling alley, a dance hall, a dock, and Stanley's plant. That's right. It does go to the bowling alley near the beginning. Yeah, but it's just, it's like, it's the same thing as Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. They're not there for very long. Right. And the scenes, I'm assuming, probably, the dialogue probably took place 
like in front of the curtain or like you know off the set or something like that. Actually, the truth is all that dialogue. Well, when they cut to the factory, yeah, there's really no dialogue that's there. It's just establishing that stuff has been told, like that that uh, that Stanley told Mitch something. Yeah. Hold on, I'm doing something really quick. What are you doing? Logging in. Oh, to what? <laughs> Making me log into IMDb. Okay, so this is the spoilery one, but we're way outside of it. It's it's basically the changes. Okay, that have spoiler warning. The script follows the Tennessee Williams play closely with several small plot changes. However, there are three notably large alterations of the original plot. The first is the exclusion of Blanche's late young husband's homosexuality, which is referred to explicitly in the play, but only obliquely referred to in the movie. In the play, Blanche caught him in bed with another man, and she screamed at him, calling him weak, and he killed himself. She blames herself for not understanding his feelings and for his resulting suicide. In the movie, the fact that her husband committed suicide is masked with a line from Blanche that says that she killed him herself by leading him to suicide. The second large difference is the rape scene. It is not explicitly shown and described in the play, but it is more obviously alluded to than in the movie. Two of Stanley's key lines in the scene were omitted from the theatrical release, Tiger, Tiger, Drop That Bottle Top, which has since been added back into the movie, and We've Had This Date With Each Other Since the Beginning, after which Stanley grabs Blanche and hauls her off to the bed. Both of these changes were made for censorship reasons, but they've changed the story in some basic ways and led to some confusion, especially about the rape scene, which is key to understanding Stanley's final breaking of Blanche. The last change from the play is the ending. In the play, Stella stays with Stanley at the end. He kneels beside her and her fingers, his fingers find the openings of her blouse. Scandalous. <gasps> the reason she left him in the film was that was the punishment of the rapist was demand that... Sorry. The reason she left him in the film was that the punishment of the rapist was demanded by the Hollywood Moral Code. Ah. Gotcha. So she does, in fact, leave him at the end of the play. Yes. It's not, there's no lines of dialogue. That's or there, there is a line of dialogue, but I, I lost it amongst the scuttle there of her leaving. I got confused as to what. And I'm also like, the end. Also the end. So, Interesting. Interesting indeed. And yeah, because the version we watched had all that stuff in it. Because I think... Uh, I'm well, I sure... had the tiger, tiger, drop that bottle top. Right. Because I think in... I think I was reading like 92, they did a restoration of the film or something like that. And that's why. That's when they... Warner Brothers found the missing scenes that were originally cut. And they did like a rest- restoration and then put the scenes back in and all that fun stuff. So so you're at the end meant you're done with the trivia, correct though? Yes. Okay, good. That's why I said the end. Okay, I just was very, very fine. I wanted to make sure it was like a part two surprise ending. So, anyways, um, okay, let us do Inflation Nation. Inflation Nation. Yeah, inflation Nation. I have three Inflation Nations oh, good. this week. Uh, number one, uh, Stanley says that he that uh, Blanche must have uh, invested a thousand dollars in all her furs when they were going through a chest early in the beginning of the movie and they're <laughs> early in the beginning of the movie. <sighs> Told you I skipped parts of English class where I just learned to talk. Um, Fair enough. Anyways, let's start that over again. There was a thousand dollars was the amount that Stanley said that Blanche must have thought 
or must have invested in all her furs. That comes out to $9,030 today from 1951 Snap. to nowadays. So she spent about, he, he thought she must have spent about nine grand on all the furs. Uh, number two, the this is the one that I saw on screen, but nobody actually mentioned. There's a hot dog vendor. Oh, yeah. Who was offering Red Hots. The Red Hots were 20 cents back then. What are Red Hots? Hot dogs. Oh, okay. They're just forms of hot dogs. Okay. Or types, depending upon your area. Like okay. the whole bubbler and drinking fountain mm. thing. Um, a thing that emits water that we drink from? Yes, that thing. Also carbonated beverages that we drink? Yes, those as well. <sighs> it's soda. <laughs> one of us, uh, one of us. Uh, the uh, 20 cent hot dog would be $1.80 nowadays. Yeah, that seems about right. About right. And then I finally, uh, Blanche says that the cost per ounce of the perfume she has was $12. Twelve dollars per ounce. Back then. Back then. Snap, dude. Nowadays it's a hundred and eight thirty-six. That's why you said that perfume's expensive. Yeah, that's why. Because my my thought was. I'm like, Damn. what are you talking about? Because if that's an ounce, it's a hundred and ten dollars yeah. an ounce. That's yeah. like some top of the line crap. Yeah. So okay. One might call it top shelf. Ooh. Wait a minute. Did you just break the chair? Oh, you broke the chair. I didn't break it. All I did was lean forward and sit back. It busted through the top parts. The official top shelf chair has it's now become broken. broken. Oh, no. Well, good timing. It's camping chair season. Yeah, it is. Thank God. Oh, no. Oh, sad days had by all. The chair has practically been used twice outside of this podcast. <laughs> It's only ever used by people who come here and sit. I'm sorry. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't even do anything. You come over here. I turned around and that was all I did. You sit in my chairs and you break them and then... Uh, you oogle at Marlon Brando for two hours. Yeah, well, <laughs> shit happens. You taking a picture of it for the yeah, podcast? Yeah, because he's going to be sad. <laughs> All right, so let me move on with stuff and things with Jeff. All right, number one. Marlon Brando had the look of Brad Pitt and the voice of a young Christopher Walken. Yep. Number two. This is such a happy story. Oh like, that was, what, ten minutes into the movie? Yeah. Like, you could just tell it and wasn't... It just, like, continued to nosedive for so long. Number three. Anyone else grossed out by the repeatedly kissing someone while they're chewing their food? That is gross. Because Stella was kissing Stanley as he was chewing his food. And I'm like, nah, that's kind of gross. I don't want to see that. Like, Stella! It's gross. Hey, Stella. Uh, number four, Blanche doesn't want Stanley to watch her dress, but is completely okay with the giant window being open in her room. <laughs> so stupid. Like, she's like, oh, just like, close the curtain. And then, like, looks over and walks over to the giant full open person window. open window. Oh, uh, whatever. Number five, Stanley apparently has a friend who's a lawyer, a, a diamond expert, guy. a clothing expert. <laughs> whatever. Just kept, like, he kept like, like, he's like, well, I got a friend who can come over here and can praise this and get it. Oh, I got a diamond person who can come over here and praise this. Oh, I got a, we got a lawyer who'll come over here and take all this stuff. Like, he just kept saying he had, he had people. I think I broke it with my butt. <laughs> you broke the top shelf chair with your butt. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. All right, number six. I can't tell. Sorry, I can't tell. I can't tell. Tabonis. I can't tell. Tabonis. Tabonis. Uh, you know, okay, folks. So sometimes I combine words together. Yeah. It happens. Tabonis. Tabonis. It's supposed to be to be honest. I should combine three words for that one because I'm special. Number six. I can't tell if Stanley's comment of the mechanic not knowing his axle grease from third base is a sexual metaphor or not. Little concerned about that mechanic. I think it is. Because <laughs> I was just a little concerned. All right. Number seven. My, there's a lot of ripping of shirts there in this really movie. Is. Stanley gets his shirt ripped twice. Uh, the neighbor upstairs gets his shirt ripped. Uh, like, it just, it happens so frequently in this movie. It's like nobody could wear a, clo- a shirt for more than a day, apparently. No. And at number eight, Mitch doesn't like fans. <laughs> no, no. Why is that fan on here? Turn it off. I don't, I like, don't fans. like fans. I don't like fans. Like, really? Dude, come I on. I really like fans. Thanks. Mitch is, Mitch is weird. Mitch is weird. Mitch is Why is Phoebe weird. holding Carl Mullen? <laughs> all right. And that is all that I have for Stuff and Things with Jeff. Let us discuss this film. Okay. I feel we need to discuss exactly why is Blanche completely bonkers. Looney Tunes bananas. Yeah, Looney Tunes bananas. Because I was trying to find another way of saying batshit crazy. That's more politically correct. But <laughs> but that was the only thing I could think of. So what, let, let us discuss why we feel that she is. Because... Well... For one, well, her husband kills himself because he's gay. True. Now, are we, we're gonna. Okay, so he, there's there's a there's an interesting question. Will we take what happens in the play as being factual, and then what Blanche says to Mitch, or uh, who she says to Mitch, or she said she that says to, it to Mitch. was that it was yeah. Mitch? Uh, what she says to him is just like a cover up in the movie for the fact that maybe that's actually what happened. Because I know that's what ha- okay. I know that's what happened in the play. Okay, I yeah. know that's how she her husband died in the play. Do you think in the movie, her saying "I scorn, I scolded him, and he went and killed himself" is actually see, her covering I, up I, the I, fact that maybe, that's actually what happened? Because yeah. I was gonna say that seems like a little extreme reaction. Yeah, like because she's basically like, well, she You're also not good elaborate. Enough. She's like, "I despise you," you know, and if he really loved her and. I guess that'd be she enough said to horrible thing go and kill himself. To make him go kill himself. Yeah. So I mean that so okay, so your husband kills himself after you yell at him. One way or another that still is the truth. You know, she doesn't under, she doesn't like him, she yells at him and he kills herself. Yeah. He kills himself. Um You were making the comment that the plantation problems. Because the yeah. was all the yeah, plantation. Because she talks about in the beginning, like she's there visiting because she lost the farm, and she had all this stuff happen with the farm, and it all fell on her shoulders. And Because uh, Stella went away. Yeah, because Stella bailed. So basically... She more or less tells her, you bailed on me, and this is what happened. So... More well, and Stanley okay. kind of just berates her until she snaps, too. Yeah, because he just doesn't understand... Her... He call, he's calling her out on her bullshit is yeah. essentially what happens. Because basically all this crap's going on. She she's doesn't, lying about all this stuff. And just because she doesn't know she doesn't know how to she doesn't know what to do with with herself. Or she can't handle it because she needs it's, to be the center of attention. I mean, yeah. you know that even when that young guy comes to I don't remember what he's there collect for. Something yeah. For the paper or something. Yeah, and she asks him to light her cigarette and that says something about not 
not touching children or something <laughs> like that. And yes, I'm sorry. I don't remember the exact line verbatim. It, it was an awkward, uh, awkward moment. She um, tries to kiss him and... And then he just leaves kind of awkwardly yeah. and confused when she tells her to leave. Yeah, it's... She feels like she's just... She can't handle anything, so she created, like, this world where she, where nothing bothered her. Yeah, she yeah. lied to, to pretend that everything was okay. And, yeah, so she would make up weird, like, weird stories, make up things that were going on, and it's mm-hmm. all like, oh, no, this is, this is, and just kind of, like, disappear into that fantasy world. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like she was doing. But I do notice one thing, and I made a note of this because I wanted to at least bring it up. To, again, prove that, you know, I'm, in fact, watching these movies. Um, I do like, because I was wondering, I was trying to figure out, like, well, how did Vivian Lee? Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, how did she win the Oscar? Because whenever I, I usually find that out in the first, like, 20 minutes, whether or not they were nominated or won. And then I try to watch their performance to try to figure out what what got them that win. Yeah. And I was having a little bit of a hard time figuring it out for her for a while, but it's when Mitch shows up and confronts her about what she actually, about who she really is. You know, when he tells her to turn the lights on, I don't want to see you in the dark anymore. That whole thing. She changed her performance when she's legitimately revealing everything. Yeah. Because normally she's all like a lot, you know, she's aloof and she's, she's, oh, she's, she's Miss speaking, yeah, speaking with a Southern accent. Like she's just left over from God. Tara. Uh, Tara. I'll think about that tomorrow. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Maybe her husband didn't die. Maybe her husband told her she, he didn't give a damn and then just left her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's been Frankly, wandering. Frankly, Blanche, my dear. There's a plantation. I don't give a damn. There's a plantation in that movie, too. It all connects. Gone with the Wind is a prequel to A Streetcar yep, Named Desire. Just like <gasps> Deer Hunter is the prequel to Taxi Driver. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it all makes sense yep, now. pretty much. This list is slowly forming a complete cohesive storyline. I need to start writing this down. Anyways, so... <laughs> wow, I just, I just made that connection. That's really kind of weird. Um... No, so what she does is she makes this she makes this acting choice where she she changes her her the way she delivers. She starts off, you know, when she's normally she's always that southern belle, very very kind of lofty and nothing bothers her and she's always all this perfectness and all that, but when she starts actually revealing what's going on, yeah, when she has to like get in touch <clears throat> with reality, she drops the entire act and just becomes very flat, very straightforward. Doesn't have an accent anymore. Her voice is a lower octave. Like, it's her being serious. It's normally all up here. And then it's like, no, this is what's <laughs> going on. This is, you know, this is what happened. And they did this. And this is, the, you know, they left me. And I'm like, and it was that sequence that I realized that's the reason why she was nominated. And that's the reason why she won. Yes. Because she played crazy so well. She really, well, she was crazy in real life. I know. But like, she did it very good then she really channeled some in, in you know interior feeling mm-hmm. craziness and portrayed it very well because and the, the the sad thing is is after that whole sequence is done the next sequence when stanley comes back in and she's in the tiara and she's talking and she's pretending all this that's stuff's so going on. weird that's so creepy it's that much more creepy i think because of her performance because that at that point you really realize that everything leading up to this point in the film was just an act yeah 
And then you start questioning how much of any, and like, you know, the people that she stayed with and people who gave her all the furs and all this stuff, you know, that's all fake. You right. kind of know that as the movie's going along. But then you start questioning exactly how much of anything you've ever heard Her about is real because yeah. it could just be entirely made up everything could be made up in her head and that's just i think that's what makes that scene more powerful if the movie ended with her after the scene with her and met mitch like if that was the end of the movie it, i don't think it would have had as her crazy would not have had as much of an impact as it does when you see her right back into it again and you realize shit she's nuts shit, shit son she crazy <laughs> she cray cray uh. <laughs> Sorry. That episode of Scrubs where JD wants the guy to follow him around and let him know when he's making a mistake. Oh, wow. <clears throat> mistake. That's another show I gotta rewatch again. I know, me too. Um, Where was this on the list? This is number 47. I do not have the number of the episode. Uh, I, I apologize, folks. I used to have that. Yeah, I used to have 47. It it's number 47. It dropped two spots. It was at number 45. So it lowered. It dropped two. down a bit. Yep. Which is not... check. It's not... That's not Virginia bad. Woolf was new. Just because, you know, there's a lot of parallels between these two. Okay. So. Okay. So that one was new. Yeah. So now... Okay. So let's do this. Between between this film and Virginia Woolf, which one do you like better? Since they're very... They're kind of very similar in a lot of aspects. They both were plays. They're both... Established I, like, I like Virginia Woolf better. Okay. I would agree. I would flat out agree that I can't I can't really tell I like you why. I think um the way it's shot for Virginia Woolf makes it more like in, not engaging, because they're both engaging. Mm-hmm. It's more intense the way it's shot and the way it's acted. And keep in mind, it's not like we're, we're you're combining you're comparing a movie from the fifties with a movie from the nineties. Like these no, movies are, these ten, are years like ten years apart. Yeah, and they're both take. black and white. Mm-hmm. This was fifty one. That was sixty three or sixty six. So fifteen years apart. So, but still, that should be a big enough difference that the film types. I mean, well, we were well, they were already well into color films in the mid sixties. Yeah. So they're both good. They're both good. I think I do like Virginia Woolf. I think though. I do too. Not you know, not a not I a think knock that will continue one, to move up the list and this may stay where it is or move a couple slots down. I don't think it'll go below fifty. Because it's it's very well done. Yeah. The acting on everybody's part is very well done. You know, and again, I think a lot of that has to come from the fact that a lot of the people were the people in the show. Mm-hmm. So they already they already got the the characters nailed down. I feel right. oh, God, I'm gonna get yelled at for comparing it. But I feel like rent did the same thing. Well It was it was pretty similar, yeah. Where it's like, well, we got Almost all the actors from the show, from the play, who did it for years doing those characters, they came back and did their characters again. And it came across well because it's like, well, they know who these people are. They've played them for so long that it's it's easier for them to, you know, to portray them right. in a better light than if you just brought somebody in off the street to portray them. Right. I apologize for comparing A Streetcar Named Desire to, to Rent, rent but... but- Rent would be like the modern day equivalent to yeah. this play from the 50s. So mm-hmm. that's all. I agree. That's all. That's um, all. Where it's at on the list? I'm fine with it. We understand why it's on the list. Oh, yeah. Right? Because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I would recommend it to everybody who wants to see it. If you've ever had any interest in it, or if you're like uh, some other people, uh, myself for the longest time, who saw the Simpsons episode and 
knew of the movie but never saw it it <laughs> watch the movie and then watch that simpsons episode simpsons episode makes a hell of a lot more sense when you know this movie. <laughs> especially of course i do believe this movie would have um would have profited from a laser fog uh light show segment <laughs> dealing with like blanche's inner struggles <laughs> oh boy and then i think it would have been better if john lovitz was the director yes John Lovitz. John I'm a douchebag. Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I have strong opinions about John Lovitz. So, uh, Lindsay. Jeffrey. What is the next movie on our it list? It happened one night. What did? Oh. <laughs> That's the movie. Oh, it's the movie. From 1934. Oh, we're jumping back in time. Black and white. Got Clark Gable in it. Who's got so Clark? So another uh, Go with the Wind tie-in a little bit. <sighs> You we said, got a ways for Gone with the Wind. Yeah, we do. Because that's in the top five or something. It's top number 10. six. Top, oh, so close. Top six. Top ten. So, yeah. Oh, man. Well, we're getting closer. Think about it this way, Lindsay. We are only 40 movies away I from know. it. I <laughs> know. Only 40. We have a lot of good ones coming up, though. We do. Well, again, we're, we're, we've, we've reached that hump past the 50, so we're yeah. starting to get a lot more, a, a lot more, a lot more good a lot gooder. A lot, a lot goodister. A lot more gooder. <laughs> a lot more gooder films coming up. So, well, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I've never seen it happen one night. On the waterfronts, number 19. That's that high? Way. Yeah. Wow. It was three years after this. Wow. That's nuts. Could have been a contender. Could have been a contender. I look like Brad Pitt, but I'm talking like, like Christopher Walken. A little bit. Crazy. The whole it's thing. crazy. I find it very hard to act at all. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> hey, who? Uh, well, with that, I got nothing else, so that would be the end of this episode. A little bit longer than normal. Yeah. Sorry, kiddos, but That's fine. Yeah. enjoy the we free funness. We have things to address. We did have some things to address. We're never going to speak of it again. No, we wouldn't, but what you know what? What an amazing joke that we're never going to speak of again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We made it this far without... It had been a long time since we had addressed anything like that so i figured so, yeah. at this point it, it had been almost 50 episodes since we addressed stuff like that before so i just wanted to and you know what because we did all that i want to thank all of you people who do listen to the show thoroughly nice enjoy it, it. And, and correct us nicely when we screw things up because guess what i'm not a robot we're we're well aware we screw up crap again i swear to god it was vivian lay janet lay Jamie Lee Curtis's mommy? Yeah, but you'll notice that Jamie Lee spelled it to L-E-E. Yeah, which is why I thought it was Lee. Because I'm like, that's Lee. L-E-E's Lee. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. God. (laughs) Shut it. Just shut it down. Ooh, you haven't done that in a while. Happy keys. Happy keys. Radio Rahim is not a cat. (laughs) Stop dangling keys in front of them. Babies are happy keys. Happy keys. Good night, Radio Rahim. (laughs) Get Rainy Day Bear, because he'll know what to do. Oh, more friends quotes. <laughs> Do you guys want to play Doom? <laughs> or you know we can keep doing this. Or we can keep doing this. <laughs> oh, real quick. I'm sorry. I want to plug something. Oh, sorry, okay. folks. Just gonna plug something. I'm gonna sit here. If you wanna, if you, I'm taking part in helping making a. Shut up. It's a puppet thing. It's a troll blog. Um, I'm yeah, helping. I help fund the troll blog. Yes, I'm or helping. I help fund Princess Knight. Partake in a uh, the production of a movie full feature length film with puppets called The Princess Knight. T.C. DeWitt's The Princess Knight. If you want to look for it, Google it online. You'll find the Kickstarter campaign that I helped make last January. Not this last January, January 2013. 
Well, anyways, we were currently shooting it. What we did is we also spun it off into a weekly blog series featuring the troll, which is the character that I do the voice for. So, go on to... Yeah, she lends you singing the theme song. Go on to youtube.com slash user slash trollblave, and you will be able to watch. We have six episodes up, and we're doing more and more. We're actually getting a lot lot of, lot of uh, popularity, a lot of uh, attraction to the, sh the blog right now, and it's getting more attention for the movie, which is awesome. And the troll, the real trolls will soon come. And the real trolls are actually already starting to come, which is fun. Oh, so, And we're going I'm to so address that in a future you. episode. It's going to be great. I'm so, so happy for you. So I do... Uh, I do need to get a life. Yeah, they do. They really do. It's okay, I'm going to take trolling back. Um... So if you want to if you want to check out some of that other stuff that we're doing, it's check it out. Check I it out on the YouTube. Something really terrible because I realized what that's from. It's okay, I'm taking it back. Keep it, keep it, yeah, keep it to yourself. We're not gonna go completely racist. Thank you, clerks, too. Anyways, <laughs> stupid Randall. Um, no, go check that out on YouTube because you'll see you'll you'll hear me and my awesome voice performing the troll. Oh, I do all the fun stuff every week. It's very funny. So uh, yeah, I sing a song. Oh, good God. <laughs> so anyways, that's all I wanted to plug. Sorry guys, I wanted to talk about that really quick. Now so. Actually, super long. It's super long because it's super. Stop, keys. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Key dangling. Happy keys. Happy keys. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one -on -one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat.